Holy smokeroonies, we're about to spin all the out of control. Welcome back to the podcast. It's episode number 60. You know what that means. This is the last episode before the glass giveaway. We're going to be giving away some glass. We've got a Spinoli out of control nuggy jar. I sold one this weekend at my shows in Huntsville, Alabama. Okay. We've also got a pipe, a purple pipe that says Spinoli out of control on it. So we're going to be posting pictures on the Instagram this week, and then we're going to do another episode where we announce the winners. So you better get on the Instagram, at Spinoli Controlly. You better enter that giveaway if you want a chance at winning that glass. If you don't smoke, there's one way to enter to win the nuggy jar, and that nuggy jar can be used for anything. It can be used for sand. <laughs> sand jar? I don't know. Sand. Like yeah, a, I think it originally was a salt and pepper, a giant salt Well, it's not jar. just salt and pepper. It's, it was a, it's like a spice, it's a spice, a spice container jar. for a spice rack. Right. And so I took these spice rack containers that were glass and I sandblasted spinoli out of control on them. I took the little plastic spice the, hole lids off. Yeah. And, and now they're weed jars. And there's a weed nugget, uh, like a weed leaf on the bottom. It's oh pretty, yeah, that's right. There it's, is. It's a pretty cool jar. So anyway, yeah, it sold. I sold one this weekend. I had some good shows this weekend. I did some shows in Huntsville, Alabama. We'll talk about that. You had a show tonight at Zany's. I had a show tonight at Zany's. So I did, fucking sold a shit ton of merchandise so tonight. I did, I did two Wednesday shows in a row at Zany's, and then I did the weekend at Huntsville last weekend. And boy, shows have all been great. I haven't had one bad show in a long time now. And the and when I say that, I'm, I mean, like, I'm very lucky. Like the audience Over many months, yeah. You've, you've the audiences well. have just been wonderful. You know, even I had a nine-person audience on Friday night. In Huntsville, it's a big room. It's bigger nine than nine people. I want to say it's bigger than Zany's. When it's a flat, straight shot, Zany's is kind of stacked, so it feels smaller. The balcony is close up over a bunch of the seating. Right, but I think so, it might. I think it might even be slightly bigger though. With no, seating. no, no, it's not. It's oh, like, it's slightly smaller. It's then. it's like almost half the size seating wise. Right, so we have one of them's bigger. So Zany's is no, bigger. no, no. Huntsville is smaller. It's right, so Zany's is bigger. It looks, it's like a longer shot in the room. So anyway, with nine people, it's empty as fuck. That's the point I'm trying to make. Oh, but you didn't intro me on the podcast. I'm David Chastain. I'm the co-host. But anyway, go ahead. So there's nine people at this show, and they're all sitting there wondering why they're there. And I said to the headliner, I said, you ready to do this? And he was like, I guess. And I was like, don't act like you don't do this, because he's from New York. He works at the comic strip in New York. Okay. And uh, that's where I met him. The first time I got passed at the comic strip, it's the only comedy club I've ever been passed at in New York. Oh, really? And, uh, that's I, the one you want, probably. No. Caroline's? Yeah, Caroline's or or the cellar. Okay. Oh, or yeah, the yeah, stand. Yeah. Those are the good ones. The stand is also okay. yeah. The bad ones are like the comic strip, Broadway, oh, New I York. That was comedy a good. Club. I don't know. I didn't know if it was a good club. I stand up, New seen York. A bunch of shows there. That I mean, they're not bad. They're all just regular clubs. You know what I mean? But the really nice ones are like the cellar, the fucking Caroline's, the stand, the Caroline's, the Caroline's. So anyway, this guy I met this guy one time. And I was basically the night that I got passed. Actually, I was I, I basically auditioned on this early show for this guy who was the manager of the club. His name is Jr. Then he basically disappeared after I got like auditioned. I went back to Montreal to finish school for six months, and then I came back to New York. There was a new manager. He's the same manager that's there now. The guy was so rude to me. He was like, nobody here knows who you are, so you're not passed anymore. The managers yeah. pass you. Basically, yeah. There's no like talent manager. It's like the booker. He's like the so, manager. oh, okay. So there's like a house manager and then the talent manager, right? I mean, it's, it's the same guy pretty much. It's one At guy. that location. It's a small It's a small venue. Okay. So, I mean, the guy who was booking it and he was the manager as far as I was concerned, you know what I mean? His name was JR. People liked that guy. And then he was gone. And the new guy, everyone hates this guy and he's rude to people. And he was like, nobody knows you, so you have to audition again. So I was like, okay, I'll audition again. I have no problem doing that. You know, yeah. I was confident in my act. Yeah, I'll be fine. So I was like, I'll be fine. 
So he was like, okay, you can audition again. You can send me an email for an audition spot, and we'll see if we can get you on this year. This like, year? Yeah. So I was like, okay, whatever. I was like, can I just do the late show tonight because I'm here? And you basically audition to do unpaid spots on the late show. And the late show is after, back then, now it's different. But back then it was after a five-hour show. There was a five-hour show, and it's then afterwards 8, 8 you would PM, do your audition. 8 p.m., hosted by Vic Henley, the guy who I opened for this weekend. Okay. So he's the host, and all these, like, big-shot comedians would come by and do the 8 p.m. show. They'd do 15 minutes, you know, someone like Zashir Zish, uh, Zameda or whatever her name is, someone like that. Sure. Or, like, uh, 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 something Frank, Marina Franklin, she's another one. Or, like, that guy from Louis. The black guy from Louis, the big black guy at the poker table. I'm unsure. I can't remember his name, but he was there a bunch. So anyway, a lot of these like big shot New York comics, you know, they're they're on the 8 p.m. show, and then the new guys like me, we we get passed to do the 1 a.m. show, right? So after all the good different audience, no, the some th- of the people are the same. No. What happens is they tell the audience from the APM show, you can stay to watch these new comics. I'll do five minutes for the 1 a.m. show. And everyone's like, yeah, fuck that. Yeah, we're and they all leave. And, and then, then you no do comedy there. for an empty room. And the comics, they all sit there and they, they listen to each other. Now, maybe a few people will stay if they feel bad. The one night that I was there for the late show, they, they, there was the news, guys from, this guy from New Zealand and his fiance or his wife, and he felt bad, so he stayed, right? They don't even bring in, like, a new crowd. No, that means 1 a.m. What do you mean? Who's the new crowd? I mean, the comedy store will bring in, they have, they'll, they have like a crowd or something that'll want to be get in for later shows, and they'll maybe like, like an they'll eleven let people PM out show. and bring people back. And maybe an eleven p.m. I don't think it'll one. They have like three shows. They have like three different. I don't shows. think there's a one a.m. show. Anyway, so the the comic strip allows you to do this one a.m. show, and they put me on last because they didn't know who I was, and I was the last one to get past or whatever. So like you can go on dead last. So I was like, oh, great, I'll go dead last. I don't care. I was like, I'm still gonna do good, and I was wearing a suit. Oh, uh, if you can imagine me wearing a suit, afro and all, big beard. I go up I go in there I and I knew one of the guys this one guy Dan Perlman I'll never forget this I, he was nice to me at a mic one time he gave me his phone number he was like dude you're funny we should hang out whatever he gave me his phone number right mm-hmm. then we do this comic strip thing all the comedians that were there he was one of them they all watched each other's sets because no one else was in the room obviously yeah. you know what I mean so there's one guy Mike Hunt is his name Mike Hunt <laughs> And I think it's either Phil Hunt or Mike Hunt. Well, Phil Hunt. Is I think it's fun. Phil Hunt. Um, and I want to say it's Mike Hunt though, but I feel like it's Phil Hunt now. Okay, that I sure, say it. whatever it is. Phil, he's a really funny comedian too. This guy's really funny. He's this black guy. He's really nice. He sat behind the New Zealand couple and he watched my set and he laughed at my jokes, even when the New Zealand couple was not laughing. If he found it funny, he laughed. But when I went to get up on stage to go last, all the comedians that were watching each other got up and left. They all got up and left at the same time. They like were just a, like, we don't know this guy. Yeah, like a hazing movement. Like, it's the last guy. We know it's the last guy. We could all, we might all even still no, hang out. No, not like that. Time. No, like, fuck this guy. We're all going to get up, like, together in unison. Like when a, he gets on the stage? Yeah. So there was a host that was on yeah. the stage and brought you out. Oh, and yeah. as you're coming out, they yeah. all get up and leave. Yeah. In the comic strip, which is an incredibly small room. Yeah. 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 And there's only two people plus Phil Hunt sitting behind them. And they were sitting on the side and they all got up and walked out at the same time. And I did my act to like very little, like silence almost. And they had, I didn't realize, but they had a microphone playing out into the bar area where the, all the comics were hanging. Uh-huh. And they could hear me. 
Were you talking shit about that they left? Yeah, and you're I like t- fuck all those fucking yeah, people that yeah, left. Yeah, not only that. <clears throat> As it was going badly, because you only got three minutes, I think, maybe. Five minutes, maybe, but I think it was really only like three minutes. And uh, as it was going badly, I fucking said to them, I said, I just leveled with them. I said, you know, this is not good for me. I said, this is not a good time, just so you guys know. I said, and they kept saying, like, they would see a joke go badly, and I sat there and paused for, like, laughter, and they would say, like, keep going. And I was like, when you Who? say the the New Zealand guy, he'd be like, "Keep going." And I was like, you know that you're not helping, right? You're, you're like saying, to "Keep like, going," makes yeah, it like, sound I, like, like I'm you, failing. I said, you know, I'm gonna go regardless yeah. of you saying that, right? These and I are was built like, in pauses. I was like, yeah, I, I'm doing that on purpose. I was hoping you might laugh. I was like, this isn't going good for me. This isn't a good time. Mm-hmm. I was like, as you saw, all those people just walked and left uh, right when I got on stage. That was like hazing. It's like now I feel like a fucking child. Yeah, and, now uh, you're like, it's okay. And yeah, I was like, so you're not making me feel good right now and and also they're telling me that i have to come back and audition to possibly do this again i don't think i'm gonna do it i'm gonna be honest with you guys i think i'm done here this happened in three minutes yeah i think like my and the end of my set was me being like yeah i think i'm never gonna come back here you guys i think this is it like, oh my know. god and uh and then i walk off stage and everyone outside was laughing and everything and they're la- like not laughing with me they were like laughing, laughing because at you were me. like, yeah, I'm going to get out of Yeah, here. and they were like, and they were fucking not nice to me. They all were standing in a circle talking, but they wouldn't let me in the circle or whatever. I didn't like want to be in the circle, obviously. Right. It was a bad time, and I remember being like that damn Perlman guy. I felt like it specifically knifed in the back by him. I was like, he was so nice to me at that one mic. And, and now he, he was not I was nice. like, and he was so not nice to when me When he right met there. you before, he knew you were, he saw you be funny and, then, and thought and then you that, were funny. And then that specific guy would be rude to me at many other mics in the future after that. I think we've talked about we've that. We've talked about that guy. That same guy that he would like cut, yeah. cut you out of circles, like turn his circle, back to you. Literally stand on top of me at mics. He would, he would get off stage, then walk into the crowd where everyone's standing, and then literally just, like, turn his back in a swift motion where he stands on my shoes. Like, a f- like the biggest douchebag in the whole world. Like I, like, I cannot explain. And I'm sure he's a nice guy to other people. That's the thing. Yeah. And other people told me he might not have even been doing it on purpose to me because he's so hopped up on Xanax or whatever. So he's, like, oh, yeah. not even there. You know what I mean? He's, well, like, one of these... hopped up. It's kind of the reverse Zombie, of right? Up. The opposite. Yeah. He's zombies. Yeah. Zombies on Xanax. Yeah. But anyway, I don't know. Whatever. So... The comic strip that night when I got past the first night before I even did the late show, I got past that guy Vic Henley came up to me. That's where this all came back to. Okay. So that guy Vic Henley, who I opened for this weekend, he came up to me and he just started talking to me. And I remember being like, I've seen you on TV. He's like, oh, yeah, I've been on lots of TV. And, he's like, <laughs> and I was like, where are you from? He's like, Alabama. I was like, how long have you lived here? Since 1985. And, In New York. Yeah, he's telling me all this stuff. And he's being so nice to me. He's eating Chinese food and everything. And then the next time I saw him was 2016. So it was like four or five years later. And I'm hanging out with him at the comic strip again. I I was only there to hang out with a friend. I wasn't there to like try to do comedy or anything. I was just meeting a friend there who was doing comedy. I was going to meet him. We were going to go somewhere else. So I meet up with this guy, and Vic Henley's there. And I say, hey man, it's nice to see you. Like I don't know, you probably don't remember, but you were the first guy to like really be nice to me in comedy, or whatever. See on TV and stuff, whatever. So he says to me like, oh, that's real nice, whatever, blah blah blah. You know, he starts telling stories, whatever. He starts getting into how he wrote for the Bruno movie. Oh, no shit. Sasha Baron Cohen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Knows him. He's like, I consulted on that. I wrote the scene with the straight Dave where they attack. You know, they, he asked people to attack him in the in the UFC ring in Texarkana. Oh, shit. And then he has to be, like, taken out from underground and shit. 
So they did that scene twice. They filmed it twice. And he like wrote two different events. Two different events. They like staged one of them didn't house. go so well, and the other one, one of them got bad, where he got injured or something. And the other, oh one, shit, something like that. I forget exactly what happened. He talked about that in the po- in his own podcast. But this guy Vic Henley, right after I listened to that podcast with him and Mark Marin, you know, he's talking about on WTF with Sasha Baron Cohen. Okay. So then I listen to that, and like a week later, I see see Vic Henley, and he's telling me he wrote for that movie. He's telling us this whole story, and we're like, me and this guy Mike Sasson from Pittsburgh, we're listening to him. We're wide eyed. We're like, oh my god, this is an amazing story. You know, all of a sudden, this guy, Vic Henley, fucking makes this crazy face. Like, yeah, like that. Very like he, much he's like, like that. Like a wide-eyed, And we were like, we were like, oh, is this part of the story? He passes out. He just falls backwards like a fucking like wooden a board. Stroke. And he fucking hits his head on the ground, bounces up, and falls back down. And we're like, what the fuck? And, and people are like, what happened? And we're like, oh, we don't know. We're looking. We're, like, we're literally like, we don't know. We he thought, was telling this amazing yeah. story, and he just passed out. Literally, that's what we said. And we were like, we don't know what the fuck happened. He was telling a story. He passed out. So then somebody starts lifting his legs, thinking he's having a heart attack maybe or a stroke. I don't know. Oh, my God. I don't think lifting legs helps with heart attacks or strokes. It does for some reason. I think it helps put the blood back into your brain. I don't know what it is. If you've passed out. I don't know, but somebody was lifting legs. I thought it was a heart attack thing. So then he just wakes up, gets right up. He wasn't even drunk, dude. Maybe he had like a drink or two. He hit his head on hit the his ground. Hit his fucking head on the ground. Dude, Bounced we were, off the dude, floor. we were so worried. We were like, we, ki- cussed, we thought probably. we killed that guy. We left there. We you went and got drinks somewhere. We were like, fuck this. killed him from the, laughing at his We didn't know story. what the fuck happened, dude. I don't know. I thought maybe he was old. He had low blood pressure. Who knows? So I fucking, I see him this week. He walks into the condo this weekend when I'm in, I'm in Huntsville and I'm, I'm fucking smoking a joint in the condo. And I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. I was just smoking a joint. He's like, oh, I was just about to light up a joint myself. And he's like, you know, it's all Southern. And he's like, and I was like, I don't know if you remember me. I was like, last time I saw you, you passed the fuck out. I was like, are you all right? Clearly you're fine. You're here. He's like, yeah, I'm good. I don't know. I don't even remember that. Don't Literally, you remember being didn't in you remember? He's, passing out. Well, I mean, he's passed out a bunch of times. So he didn't remember. He has, that's the thing he does. I mean, a few times, not a bunch, but a few times. You know, somewhere alcohol related, somewhere not alcohol related. I don't know. So anyway, he was a cool guy, very nice guy. He he does drink a lot though. So like when we were sure. af- after the clubs, like after the shows, he's like at the club drinking, like till four a.m. The clubs, the shows ended at like eleven, and when they're just there drinking, just hanging out, drinking, with the staff. hanging with with the managers, and I'm just sitting there being like, I, and they were telling me you can go home, and I was like, no, nah, I'm chilling. I go guess. back to the you know condo. I, mean? I didn't think they were gonna chill till four a.m. You know, I said I would chill for an hour because I had a bunch of drinks. Yeah. So I wanted to chill before I drove. Yeah. But then I ended up chilling for an extra like three hours. Were you hours. all staying at the condo? Just me and the headliner. Was the MC is local? MC was this guy who lived in Huntsville, lived in Huntsville. Now he lives in New York, but he's from Huntsville. And he got that place to stay with. We're staying with his parents, yeah. Oh, gotcha. Tushar oh. Singh. Oh, Tushar. I know Tushar. Yeah, nice guy. Yeah, he's got a glasses. He opened on the Well Read shows. Right, right, right. Uh, he's very funny. Corey yeah. Ryan Forster, uh, he told me a fucking crazy story when I met him about having dinner with Mel Brooks he was just like he was blackout drunk and doesn't remember telling me the story and then I recounted him telling the story to me to him and he was like damn I told that story good is it true yeah yeah him and well Trey Crowder has been on Bill Maher and knows Bill Maher and they went to Bill Maher's like season rap party for real time and Max Brooks the author of like World War Z and stuff is Mel's son and Trey became friends with him and they were having some thing at their house uh, and they invited Trey and the and the well-read guys the three of them to come over and his parents were there so Mel Brooks is there and he just said Mel Brooks was like holding court the whole night 
talking about comedy and they were like having one-on-one or three-on-one because they're the only like three comedians there it's like max is an author with his wife and then a bunch of his friends and it's just like three comedians and mel's the only other comedian so they're just like the three of them the four of them hanging out all night oh, talking that's comedy funny. mel brooks mel brooks like the fucking space balls gotcha. you think i was talking okay. about mel gibson no you you know damn right i thought you were talking about garth brooks garth I, brooks i thought he had dinner what? with garth brooks this no, story no, no. is meaningless to me now how does it mean he wrote blazing saddles and i fucking could all give that a shit. shit about mel oh brooks. my god you're insane that's amazing and but they were no he was I, asking them where they're it's from so much less impact now he i knew thought, shit about I their hometowns and their small he, hometowns. i thought he really liked that i oh thought he invited him over for dinner i'm upset at you god damn it. i thought you were you were I'm like upset i thought now. i had you i thought it was you oh my god it's mel brooks huge famous comedian damn. and you thought it was garth brooks? yeah you started talking about How garth brooks i'm like i'm like garth brooks isn't a comedian i don't know anything about garth brooks well, he's a great musician i know a bunch of people that know you know garth a lot brooks about garth brooks ghost tunes oh my god i did know ghost tunes but that's not a lot <laughs> <laughs> i did know ghost tunes hey ghost tunes is a lot god damn it garth brooks I and i like that i really like that i really and i really like that yeah that's i got excited because that's what i thought you were talking about i think right well, well Corey, shout out Corey ryan forster uh, but he told me a really fucking good story about Mel Brooks and no. Hey, Mel yeah, Brooks. shout out Corey. Next time, meet Garth and then talk to me. Yeah, next time I have dinner with Garth Brooks, you <laughs> fucking idiot. Jesus, not a famous author and his fucking even crazy more famous oh, comedian father. How dare you? Yeah, I mean, comedy's been good lately. You know, I made I I, I did a lot of good shows this weekend and last week. I didn't sell a lot of merch though. It was like light sales on the merch. When this weekend? I mean, yeah, this last weekend and last week when I did that show with Matt Bronger. Yeah, Matt Bronger, which was, was a, a nice fun guy. show, but not a lot shows. of ticket sales. Yeah, fun shows, light light ticket sales. I mean, and then your Huntsville crowd was all old fucks. Old fucks. I mean, they didn't buy weed shit for shit. Yeah, they but didn't. Then like tonight the weed shit. was Trevor Wallace, and I got very lucky. I got to do this show. I got to feature on it. I mean, I I watch this guy on YouTube for a while now. Some guy was wearing a shirt that said "High as fuck." High as fuck. That's right. Yeah. So I was like, "Oh, Steven's gonna." Do I did well like on that. Yeah. And and they I mean this crowd was the easiest crowd I've ever performed for. I didn't even do well, and it still was incredible. You came out, and they were just like scream. They were like cheering so much. Yeah. They, they were, were like, and we when you were like, "Are y'all ready to Spinoli out of control?" Yeah. They, were they like, lost yes. their fucking minds. Yeah. They're like fuck yeah, we are. Yeah. That's like they knew me, but they didn't. And then yeah, it was like they knew it. I mentioned YouTube at one point, and they lost their minds too. Did you notice that they were like the ultimate Watch me on YouTube yeah. and they were like yeah we were yeah, we we gonna yeah. they were the ultimate YouTube crowd they were the best YouTube crowd I've done so far for sure yeah they were uh, they laughed and they weren't totally there were some people in the crowd that were just like speaking at full volume yeah, screaming the over show. the show and I was like hey I, I tried to doing that? I tried to get them to not talk I told Chance the, did too Chance was yelling at people in the back he was like hey is that the fucking burger he does that fast food thing he's like yeah. is that the Burger King group back there talking loud. Yeah, and they were. And well, I did the thing where I up. say this is a monologue. It's a well thought out monologue. It's like Shakespeare's. If he was high as fuck. Yeah, you're like I'm like Shakespeare. So Shakespeare's high know, as fuck. So that's that got him. But I mean, they were a tough crowd in that sense because they weren't a traditional crowd. They you could tell they are not used to being audience members. Yeah, at a comedy. Show. They would get bored with like you or Chance chunks of the tables for a section and then just go into talking amongst themselves because yeah. they didn't know you. Yeah. Well, I mean, but it was great. They bought a lot of merch after the show. Almost broke my record. I mean, I broke my record if you include my shirt sale. 
because I did sell my shirt off of my back tonight. Some woman just a woman a woman came up to me with her boyfriend or husband. The guy was just like, she really likes lemons, dude. Can I buy your shirt for two hundred bucks? And I was just like, yeah, of course. So incredible. And then he went into his wallet and he's like, I only have one hundred ninety three. Is that okay? I was like, of course. Yeah. Be like, hurry and give me the cash. And all these people were standing around watching me take my shirt off. They're like, you're really gonna do it? I was like, yeah. For I, was like, I, I said, yeah, I'm getting married this year. I will take anything. Thank God you wear undershirts, dude. I would be out there with no shirt on. I, I would also have sold it with. I would have also no done that. You would have sold it and not worn a shirt. No shirt. Yeah, no shirt. I would have went inside and got you a shirt from Zanies. That would have been cool. But I mean, yeah, it was it was good sales. I sold a whole bunch of pipes, a whole bunch of fifty dollar pipes. That was the thing this weekend. You know, the sales were light, but I would sell like one fifty dollar pipe a night. Plus yeah, a couple when grinders. you're showing people the radioactive pickle pipes, yeah, yeah. and you're like, "Yeah, these are fifty, and they're like, "Yeah, I'll take one of those." I'm like, "What? How crazy is that?" Yeah, they're like, "Yeah, fifty bucks for," and they're and they're like, "No question." Yeah, easy. You pitch them all the stuff, and then you're like, "Yeah, these ones they light up. You shine the light, and they're like, but they're 50 and It's like you don't have a fucking black light at home to show people how cool it is. And then you're like, oh, yeah, I'll get that one for 50 Like, no question. Are you fucking retarded? People like, have a lot of money that they're just willing to spend, dude. And they, see, they see you do comedy on a stage. They're like, wow, I want to, like, be friends with that guy. If some I guy buy things from him. Some guy had you sign his visor. Some guy had me sign a visor tonight. That's the true. The inside of his hat that he was just wearing. He, he was, was like, psyched, I got, too. I heard him tell his friend. He was like, I got to get this guy's autograph. Yeah. And his friend told him, he's like, you have a black Sharpie. Your hat's dark blue. It's not going to work. And, he's, and he pulls it. He's like, the inside's gray, fucker. Yeah, <laughs> and, even then he got and I signed it. I, I signed like, it what? upside down too. Yeah. But I mean, I didn't care. I was like, whatever, off. give this shit. I signed it real faded too, so it's gonna sweat off. I mean, it's just funny. You know, people are awesome. I appreciate everybody who comes out and supports me like that. You know, that made, tonight, nights like tonight, I feel like a rock star. It makes me want to quit my fucking cornbread flipping job for yeah, sure. Just fucking start selling your merch. But I mean, then again, you have weekends like this last weekend, and I'm like, okay, well then that's why I can't quit the job yet. So it's but like, this is Wednesday. Well, this is the you know? thing. I want to. This is why I'm trying to get. So I'm asking to be on shows with specific people that I know that I'm going to sell well. So yeah, I, you're like profiling what the audience. I asked like. if I could do Steve-O in Huntsville. I asked if I could do, uh, you know, Crit Tom Green. But I mean, those shows are all going to be taken by other people. Obviously. Well, you're way more likely to get them in Huntsville than at Zanies. Well, right. But I also Tom Green. I know people who know his manager, so I tried to ask them to like hook me up. But yeah. I don't think it's gonna happen. I mean, I'm waiting for Lucy. Basically, said that nobody, she, they don't respond. The managers, they just don't respond when she asks. Probably because they don't care. Yeah, they don't care. They don't give so, a fuck. but they wait till the last moment. Yeah, and they're like, and they're probably like, yeah, it's fine. Whoever you're, yeah, whoever you are. So I mean, anyway, but she, she'll she'll figure it out. If she can get me that show, that would be a really great. Tom Green audience would be amazing. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, dude, and they would probably be ready to drop some cash drop on cash. your stuff. Yeah, and then and then the the other guy is Blake Weber. He's the guy who's friends with the guy from tonight. Blake Weber is a huge Instagram guy. He's huge on world star hip hop. And so he's got a huge following on the internet and he will have a lot of weed heads out here. And so if I get open for him like I did for this guy tonight, I'll probably break my record again. You need to make yourself, get on your Photoshop and make a bifold sign like we were talking about of mm-hmm. the subscribe to Spinoli Attic Controlly with your face so you can just set it tabletop just to you know something that folds like right. a, you know underneath the merch it'll be there and or uh, if you get the tablecloth thing that's cool but it, just make like a sign just a piece of paper you fold oh, it in half sign and just stand it it just stands up like a triangle 
on the table, you know? Just something where it's like it could be double-sided, have it on both sides, you fold it in half. And so people just see it, and they while they're sitting there, say, yeah, get on there and get on whatever. You're going you to like my new to. cards. I just I just ordered new cards. With the podcast stuff on it? No, I didn't do the podcast Oh, God damn it, why not? Well, so what I did was I ordered the same card that I have. It's the same front, but the back just says, just fucking Google me, bro. That's worse than having your social... <laughs> that's stupid. You should have no, put your so social good. media... In. It's so... <laughs> Oh, oh my Jesus. god, you're kicking my shit over. I keep almost kicking your bong right the fuck over. No, dude, fucking Google me, bro, is so good. But they're not, that won't work. No, it's just telling everyone that they're idiots because obviously all you you're have to do is. telling them you're an idiot. <laughs> you should not put that every, on your car. Every person, every comedian, right? If you just Google them. All of their social media will come up. It's the first it's thing that comes up. It's way less efficient because people go to Instagram, they'll follow it. They'll go to here, they'll follow you. That's that's a horrible. You just Google my name. It'll give you Instagram clickable. It'll give you a Facebook clickable. It'll give you a Twitter clickable. It'll give you all the clickables, even SoundCloud clickable. Disagree, dude. I don't disagree. They're not gonna. If they don't want to Google me, dude. Here's the thing. Everyone grabs the card and they say, "Oh, I'm gonna follow you." But now they gotta go. You know how many they follow? How many actually follow you anyway? With the podcast, it's different. Though. Maybe ten percent. That's why you make a 10%, sign. Maybe you make a sign, and you tell them. Well, that's that's different. That has nothing to do with my card. So my card, when I pick it up now, they're gonna say, "Oh, is your social media? Do you have all that?" Oh yeah, pick up that card, and they're gonna Google turn it over. It. Just fucking Google me, bro, and they're gonna say, "You're right. I'm. You're right." That was dumb of me to and even. You'll ask. get even less subscribers. I don't need them. I don't need them. Well, if you if you good. if you're not smart enough to fucking Google me, bro, I don't need. Or you. Or I'll either. just get on Instagram and search Steven Spinoza. Yeah, what? Just do that. My name. Just search my damn name. It's right there on the card. Get on Twitter. Look get on wherever. Literally where it. Get on Venmo. Search That's Steven Spinola. Anyway. I'm not going to look up Mr. Underscore McStevie. I would just type Right. I know. I don't understand I people. I don't know. I just wouldn't spend a bunch of money on cards that are like, don't have my social media information. I just wouldn't. There's no I point now. At this point. Especially if it's not at Steven Spinola. There's no point. Just Google. You just Whatever. search. I Use mean, the search bar. I forget how we even got here, but we're making a fucking sign. YouTube. We're going to try to make a tablecloth for a table that will have that shit on it in your face and shit so you don't mm. have to worry about it. You get on LinkedIn. I'm not on LinkedIn. Me Why would I be on LinkedIn? That? You get on there. You Google Steven Spinola. Has anyone ever, like, it's broken, like, it made the difference to be on LinkedIn? Did yeah, it ever? Has it ever happened? Yes. Yeah? When? Yes. It was like, oh, I looked him up. It was like, oh, Bill he was Gates. on LinkedIn. Oh, yeah? Bill Gates. Was How like, do you think he hit it big? Was it because of LinkedIn? Because he, he, he was, he posted his LinkedIn profile where he's like, I invented computers. And they were like, now we know who you are. I didn't even get LinkedIn. I thought the website was, I misread it because I have like dyslexia. I thought it was like Lincoln held. Lincoln held. So I was like, I don't know what that fucking word is, and I don't know why that website. LinkedIn. I didn't even read it right. I I had a LinkedIn for maybe like a week because this guy. Oh, this is funny. You remember? You remember how I told you about those scams? The Nigerian scams. What are you doing with your microphone right now? Just adjusting. The the uh, the real estate scams where the guys in the oversized suits take you into a room in a ballroom in a hotel and they like tell you like oh if anybody's negative just don't listen to them we're gonna kick them out oh yeah and if you're and they will you went in there and were negative and they kicked you out they didn't kick me out I just left but they were like they were like oh you need to get out of the rat race you wanna know how to get out of the rat race you just pay off your credit cards with more credit cards (laughs) (laughs) like oh no 
Yeah, you need a real psychos. You need some real psychos. But anyway, one of the guys after the men, one of the mentors on the first day before I went to the place where they're telling me to fucking do the credit cards and the credit cards. The week before, when I went to the first meeting, the first guy who was teaching that seminar, he told me he was like, "You need to be on LinkedIn." He's like, "Follow me on LinkedIn. I'll be your mentor or whatever." So I went on LinkedIn and I tried to find him, but like in order to like actually send him a message, I had to pay for LinkedIn. Like thirty something dollars a month or something like that, and I was like, "Fuck that! I'm not paying like three hundred bucks a year for fucking LinkedIn." Yeah, that's insane. Yeah. Like I said, it's not gonna make the difference for you. You know, nobody's gonna be like, "Oh, you're on LinkedIn." Oh God, we're not gonna look at your shit unless you're on LinkedIn. No, some people do though. That's the thing. And well, also, then fuck that thing. I'm not doing that. Also, it can get you like a really professional job, right? Whereas like. You can go through the process of trying to get a job, whatever you get a job. These are all things I am not interested in. Right, it's not for you. It's for someone like my fiance, right? If she wanted to get like a really good job, she could be paying for LinkedIn, and then she would get like ahead on the application process. I'm sure for certain jobs at certain locations because her LinkedIn profile would come to the forefront of people searching for these people in these positions because she has so many credentials she has so many references of people so that's the other thing on linkedin you can get professional references you can get all types of things like that so it's like you can build a very professional resume through their profiles it's like having your facebook that tells you all your personal information i understand what it is i'm just not doing it if you do it really well, it can be worth it, but it's not for people like yeah, us. Yeah, no one's not for me. No It'd be funny gonna, if comedians had LinkedIn's. If they were like, okay, so we're gonna, all right, so we might get you on the showcase. For, and what's your LinkedIn profile? And you're like, what is he? Oh, you, you're on LinkedIn. Yeah, and right? all my yeah. all my money's going towards paying for my LinkedIn monthly fee. Yeah, they're like, dude, they're like, man, you go to a new city, and that's actually the thing that's like, it's like, dude, you gotta get on the. You're not gonna get booked on any shows. If you okay, so when I when I first started, dude, people. The cards were still a big thing. Having your business card in a New York City. Card. Yeah, if you walked around, you handed it out at the mics to all the people, and then you'd get messages, and you'd get booked on stuff sometimes. Wow. This one guy, Narinder Singh, he fucking, he was so funny. He's so, still this. He's this guy, he had a turban. He wore a turban, and he would rate all of his jokes. He'd be like, I'd give that joke a 17 out of 25. <laughs> he, like, he, just like, he would say all he had some fucking dumb ones I laughed so hard at I mean I, I wish I could remember his actual jokes but that was the thing I remember the most was he would say I give that one a 17 out of 25 but he, he fucking told me he handed me his business card one time his business card was fucking unique. It was like that shit where the Neanderthal turns into the human, like, and it's like the different. Oh yeah, but it turns into him. But it turns into him as a comedian holding a microphone. I mean, and he's wearing the the fucking turban. It's it's brilliant. And it's on the card, and it's like, it says Narendra Singh comedian. And I asked him about. It. I was like, this actually works. He said, dude, this is the only way I've gotten booked in New York City. That's what he told me. He's like, people think it's funny. It stands out. This was 2011, and I kept his card in my wallet probably like three years and then I fucking saw him again a few times in the future by 2013 and I never saw him again after that but I know he's been doing stuff he was he was at Caroline's at one point and at Broadway Comedy Club a bunch and that just makes me think about this Bernie Stevens joke he's like uh, he's like I get unique headshots 17 by 9 I stand out in the pile <laughs> it's like right. crazy it's size crazy size it's like really, really 17 by 11 that's <laughs> yeah. funny yeah, yeah. yeah. that's fucking brilliant. I stand out in the pile yeah I mean you know 
you got to stand out somehow with the business cards. LinkedIn is not necessarily how you're doing it now, you know. Now it's it's honestly it's all about hype and about like about who you know. It's about knowing the right people that can book you and get you on the big stuff and being willing to book you. A lot of times people know you, they know you're funny, and they're still not willing to book you just for like different reasons. There's different political reasons, especially yeah. in New York. In New York, there's a lot of like, oh, we need to have this many women on a show. We need to have this many different colored people on a show. They're like, oh. Colored uh, people, that's what they still say. Different colored, I said. <laughs> well, I know you said different. It's still what you said, though, colored people. Different colored people. Why are you staring at me like that? You said colored people, dude. I mean, that's it's 2019. I just want to let you know. I'm going to say the N-word if you keep pushing it. <laughs> you keep pushing it, David. Honestly, the N-word would be more... I almost did that topical, bit tonight. At least topical. I almost closed it that bit tonight. Did you really? All right, I'm going to do something I've never done before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought you were going to tell your Donald Trump story for a second. I've been thinking about possibly going into it. I wanted to see how that one line went. And that was going to determine whether or not, like, I could actually tell that story in the it future. Went good. I thought it, it went like, good. I was like, oh, okay. it was okay. Yeah, like I went at that. You say I death threats, like that. It's a good moved. premise that that's yeah. you know I moved and it changed my life for the better. You, you know, just what I mean? can't wait. You can't take too much time saying all that, all the, the like crazy shit because that'll bum people out. Saying death threats to a talking economy words, you know, like death threats. You can't say death threats too many times, or it'll be like, it'll just take it all the way down you know? yeah I think the way I'm going to say it is I'm going to threaten everybody in the audience I'm going to say I'm going to kill all of you if you don't like this joke so let's just start with that <laughs> and now like, there is a because if you don't like my jokes all of your seats. historically if you don't like my jokes you'll threaten my life so I'm just going to start off by threatening all of yours well that made me feel like tighten up personally so I don't think that'll work at all and also this is a rape joke now <laughs> oh, man. And now I'm gonna, it wasn't before it wasn't I'm going to make it into it as we go I'm gonna that's, figure it out that's actually funny and then you're you just like, tell the whole joke like normal and then I'm you're gonna, like and then they raped me I'm gonna start <laughs> I'm gonna start threatening audiences with different topics of jokes I'm gonna be like okay this is it you just turned it into a rape joke oh, oh, okay like, okay good okay. <laughs> okay, I'm glad Great. you didn't I'm glad you didn't like when it was a fisting joke now it's a rape joke you're okay like, yeah, you here keep, we go you keep it up I'm saying the n-word yeah keep it up I'm saying the n-word <laughs> and then it becomes an n-word oh retard God. joke you said retard on stage and everybody tightened up. It did get tight twice. I did say retard twice. It did get tight the second time. The first time was okay. Second time got real tight. Yeah, yeah. And they were like, I didn't notice maybe the first time you said it. I must have not noticed. But the first time it was when funny. You were like, no, you guys want retard jokes. I was like, what? I think that the first time I said, I, what I said was, I said, do you guys want to hear, do you guys want music or do you want some more anger? Because I was angry yeah, about anger. my... anger. And then you just said a retard out of nowhere. Yeah, it was, a, it was a bit of a misconnect. Inside joke for chance. It was a misconnect between, a disconnect rather, between the anger bit and the, what I should have said was, do you guys want to hear a story or do you want to hear uh, music? Music. 
And then I said, you know, and they all said, we want to hear the story. It's basically what they said. They said, we want anger. We want the anger. Yeah, and yeah, I said, yeah. okay, well, I'm going to do music then. Because last time I listened to the crowd, I did a retard joke and it got me in a lot of trouble. <laughs> and that got a lot of, that got a big laugh. That You said that? Yeah, that oh, got a big laugh. Get, oh, I missed you say that. So then the next, then they started doing the music bit and it wasn't going well. So I was like, oh, you guys wanted the retard bit. Well, you're not oh, getting it. I Oh, okay. And I said, I'm the only retard up here tonight. And that's where it got tight. When I, I said felt that. it get tight both times. It really only got tight the second, the last well, time. Well, you said it three times then. Yeah, so the second and third times you were tighter. Back to back. Yeah. Back to back was when that's it got tight. Yeah, two, yeah. Two yeah, you can't be saying back to back retards. Mm-hmm. I'm learning all types of things about how you can say retards. You're lately. learning about comedy. This is it. Even in your 10th year, you know? <laughs> it's not It's not about comedy. It's about retards specifically. But you're learning about comedy. Right? And the thing is, you know, there's never any retards in the audience, so I don't really feel like I'm learning anything. So. Yeah, they don't even take, you don't take them with you and hang out. So, like, why are you getting offended for them? Here's the thing. I think we need to get more retards in this audience. If you are going to get offended, you should be hanging out with them. Yeah. You should have friends and you invite them to your parties yeah. and go out to the bar. Yeah. That's what you, if you're going to get offended, you should have retard friends. You should be giving retards hand jobs every once in a while. <laughs> you're trying to do the joke and see. As far as I'm the concerned. podcast, it's going to bomb. And another thing is you should be eating out retards if you're going to be mad at me about my oh jokes. Oh my God. So anyway, that's where I stand. That's worse somehow. Why is that worse? Eating out retards, that's worse. Eating retards, assholes. That's not worse somehow, actually. That's because at least you say assholes and it's a little funnier. It's like eating the booty or whatever. It's a little funnier. I bet you everybody likes that because they're human and humans like that. Humans like getting their butts. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 not me. Not me, sir. Anyway, uh, so the shows have been good. So that's that. It's comedy, baby. I'm glad we had we got to talk about comedy for a good amount of time instead of talking about fucking cornbread that's what we could be doing if, if comedy was what was going on all the time hey if that's what i was fucking doing and not flipping cornbread we could have interesting comedy show banter to, to go with <coughs> which we did tonight excuse you so i talked about how i sold the shirt off my back yeah for 200 dollars, which is a fucking hilarious shirt with lemons i on it. uh talked about all the shows i made pickled ginger while i was in huntsville and i talk about that no, you didn't talk about how you pickled ginger. So I, I grew radishes in my garden. I picked them, and then I, I started Googling recipes for pickling ginger. Well, and ginger is its own. Ginger isn't radishes. No, but here's how you get the pink color in pickled ginger. You know when you get pickled ginger at the sushi place and it's pink? Yeah. It's because they put beets or radishes in. Well, I don't want mix. it to be. They make it pink to make it more appealing. I just like the normal gray shit because it's, it's whatever. It's, it's the like, same. It's all the same. Well, ginger is a different thing than a radish. Are you but growing the radish? Ginger? No, the radish gives it the color, the pink color. So did so you, you have ginger as well? I bought ginger. Okay. But then I grew the radishes, and so I used those to give it the pink color. So I have that pickling right now. It's in my fridge. It's gonna take like a week more. Are you gonna do a racist logo of you wearing one of those hats on it with like two Bugs Bunny teeth as like the Stevens, Stevens hot ginger or something? And it's not hot. You should just put, <laughs> this is, you just put tar, 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 tar on, on it. Tara. Yeah, Tara's ginger. And she's a ginger. picture. 
she this is why I made it. I made it for her because she loves it. So she it was her birthday recently, so I didn't really get her anything. I took her out for dinner, but then she's like, You didn't get me anything. So I was like, Alright, I'll make you pickle you ginger. You should do make a logo on your computer of her and be like Tara just Tara's ginger and just cause she's got red hair. She'd probably think it's I have some good pictures of her like sleeping with her mouth open, like Yeah. Just put it on there. Yeah, you should. Um, but I'm pickling all types of stuff. I started working on my garden a lot. So I have a bunch of peppers growing. I got tomatoes growing, cucumbers, garlic, beans. What else? Uh, strawberries. Flowers. Flowers. Lots of flowers. Lots of flowers. All my flowers are blooming. I have sunflowers, dwarf sunflowers, dwarf teddy sunflowers. It's crazy you do all this gardening, dude. You wouldn't. You don't strike me as the kind of guy on the service that would do all this shit. I've been propagating pomegranates you're making doing where do you do a pomegranate does that come out of a tree well yeah so i have a pomegranate tree and so i've been taking cuttings off the tree and then planting those and i've been watering them so that they grow roots and then that grows into its own tree so you're gonna have multiple pomegranate multiple trees, pomegranate at this trees. Po- on your property by the end of your life oh yeah and then i'm gonna do a bunch of grapes how fast will a, pro- a pomegranate tree tree grow Usually you don't get that many, uh, that many fruits for the first like five years. So after five years, you're going to start getting pomegranates. Right now, the tree's probably three years old, at least three, four years old. So, so I better be getting, getting some. I'm not getting many, but I mean, I should be getting some this Small year. Small pomegranates. They should be regular size, but there should be just few of them. You can eat them? I'm going to try, yeah. You make them into juice, you probably won't have Honestly, any. I haven't seen anything come on this exact tree. I had another tree, but it died, and that one had some pomegranates on it but then it died in the winter and i don't really I have, fuck with that fruit dude a pomegranate you got to break that shit open and eat all that little shit i don't like that yeah you're lazy it's not about being lazy it's yeah. about like i would just rather eat no. big pieces i don't want to eat all these little pebble fruit things no it's because you're dumb it's not because i'm dumb you're dumb you're so dumb you are um, dumber and if you were smart you'd be able to open a pomegranate good and easy. i can open a pomegranate easily and eat the seeds easily but you just like eat small these small seeds i'm just not into that no i don't like I, sunflower I get, seeds i get like, so many seeds at I once it's like, uh, like eating a big bunch well, of you seeds get them and just throw them in your mouth like i'm not a fucking savage i don't want to do that I, and it's know, just juice in there I, I i'm so good at pomegranate opening i can eat it with my teeth off of the actual pomegranate without making any juicy mess but i can do you just rake it off this the the rind oh it's you make, easy you make it sound easy it is easy it you is just not use easy your fucking teeth and go, <laughs> and you oh it's not it, that off. sounds juicy sounds like you're gonna get a well, lot I did of juice a bad crush. sound effect but it's a scrape you're going <laughs> sounds like you're getting a crushy juice no 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 i'm not mouth. crushing juice i'm not crushing juice it sounds like you're getting a juicy I'm t-shirt scraping uh, when i hit my teeth against some running you're getting a purple t-shirt dude you're getting i'm not i'm not doing that you're doing tie-dye that sounds like what you're doing that's what you're doing that's, that's what you do <laughs> I used to invite girls over to my fucking room in college and I used to open pomegranates for them with your mouth no I used to do it with my like, yeah look what I could fucking do to your vagina well, they, <laughs> that, I wish I wish I was that fucking smart that funny I was <laughs> that good back then I was so nervous dude I would be, I, these girls would be there I'd be, I'd be shivering I'd be like opening a pomegranate like oh my god I hope I hope this girl lets me kiss her it was just so stupid I was so bad with girls opening a pomegranate in front of a woman How, that's so fucking amazing. cause this girl there was this girl her name was that's great I'm so glad I don't remember her name I wanna say it was Jenna <laughs> It's probably Jenna. 
And uh, she was in my freshman year. She was like, "You can open a pomegranate like really well." And I was like, "Yeah." She's like, "Can you? Can so I?" So you thought that you were impressing her? I was. She totally wanted it, and then I <laughs> fucked it up. She wanted it. I fucked it up, dude. So many girls wanted it, and I just wasn't giving. Many it. girls were like, "Steven, you're really good at opening pomegranates." Yeah, yeah. How popular are pomegranates in New York that people are noticing your skill of opening? I mean, I was nobody good in my at state it. knows about pomegranates. I mean, dude, these people were for these were this was an international school. I was in a one of few Americans at this school and most so of they all from, know about it they're from Paris they're from France See, all different I know, places I learned about pomegranates for the first time in Latin Russia. In, in, in my Latin class because yeah. it was big in Rome they'd all fucking sit around my mom introduced me to pomegranates she called them Indian apples and I was like well that's weird and then she's racist she's racist yeah, yeah, yeah. and then one day someone was like oh a pomegranate I was like I don't know what that is they were like that's what you're talking about I was like okay Indian apples you were calling them that and For then someone was like time. yeah that's not what they're called and then I went to the store I started buying them myself my mom basically when I started being able to drive I started just buying them myself and I, I actually I, I would take this college class in my senior year I was, a, I was a senior in high school but after school after wrestling practice I would go to the nearest college and I would take this college math course calculus 3 and on my way there I would stop at this oriental store this oriental market and they would have pomegranate seeds already taken this was like back in the day so this was like before this was a popular thing at that store. Now it's you can go to Whole Foods, you go anywhere. They have yeah. open pomegranate seeds in a container, and it's very yeah. expensive. I mean, this was the first place I ever saw this, and it was like a flat container. It must have been like a whole pomegranate in one container, and and, and they'd give you a plastic spoon with it, and I would take it to my class. You need to eat it, and in I class. would just straight up eat a whole container of pomegranates in class in like five minutes, yeah. and I was like addicted. I would do that every Wednesday, every Monday and Wednesday, I want to say, and then. Uh, and then I started buying the actual fruits because they were cheaper in college. And so I would open them myself. And then these girls would see me opening them. I remember I brought one to a party on my floor one time. And I just opened this pomegranate and I was eating it. And they were like, how are you eating a pomegranate right now and not making like a huge mess? And I was like, because I'm good at opening them. And they were like, can you open me one? And so this girl comes to my room. We sit there together with the door fucking closed. I smoke a joint and open a pomegranate with her. She totally wanted it. And we ended up making out one time at a bar later on that year, but she was already like sort of with this other guy on my floor, so it didn't work out. But uh, yeah, like, I mean, I just never saw any of the signs. All these girls would totally, not just pomegranate ones. Came to your room while you were smoking weed. They were like, can I come? Not just pomegranates, though, different stuff. Yeah, the girls would just come to my room when I was smoking weed. Can I smoke weed with you? And I would be like, yeah, sure. Mm. And I didn't get it. I thought we were all just friends. I yeah. mean, this one girl, I, the other thing, I was, I was in a long distance relationship for the beginning of college. Right, but then right, right. for the second half, I mean, we ended up getting back together at one point, but there was a time when I ended up breaking up with her to date this other girl. And it was like, this girl, we, I was not seeing any of the signals from her for a long time. Right. I mean, it took me months to muster up the courage to like kiss her. I mean, at one point, I think the first time we ever kissed, she straight up came over all fucked up, laid in my... This is the thing that would happen to me. Girls would come over fucked up and just lay in my bed and be like, can I just sleep here? And I'd be like, yeah. Yeah. And, and then we'd wake up in the middle of the night and then make out. See, that's something. the move. The move that girls will do a lot is they're like, they will be at your house after you've been hanging out or drinking and it'll be late. And they'll be like, is it, could, could I just stay here? Do you care? And they'll like i find that they try to pose the question of like can i sleep like most of them would be like i don't you know it'd be nice to like sleep in a bed or something like that they come in some way with like i would like to sleep in your bed or something like that well, here's like, the thing if i ever tried for that it would never happen but well, when, see, they I say it, do this. when they say it it's okay this is my thing i'll go 
it doesn't really matter to me. Like, I'll I'll sleep on the couch. You can sleep in my room. Or if you don't feel comfortable, you can sleep out here. I'll sleep in my room. It doesn't matter to me. And then they if if they wanted that, they'll go, we can both just sleep in there. And they'll just take the easy way out. So I'll go, you can sleep in my room if you want, or I'll sleep out here. Or you can, or, you know, if you don't want to sleep in my room, whatever, for some reason, you can sleep out here, I'll sleep in there. And they'll go, I don't care if we just sleep in the same room. Dude, and I'll go, cool. It didn't hit me until the last, like, week of college. There was this girl. She was in her, like, she was probably 30 almost. And I was in my last week of college. And we were sleeping together. And she was, like, she was a comedian, sort of. She lives in L.A. now, I think. But she was just, like, she came over one day. She was hanging out. She used to help me with projects. She was a good singer. And I used to do these musical projects where I would, like, hire her to just for free to come over and sing and she would hire her for free and she would totally do it because she wanted to fuck and she would be like she'd come over she would sing and i'd be like totally horny but like not gonna do anything because i didn't think she was into it because she's like 30 and then all of a sudden one day she was like can i just sleep over i was like yeah and then she's like are you not gonna do anything and i was like what do you mean and she was like, what are you, gay? What are you, gay? Did she say that? Yeah. And I was you just gay? like, I was like, no. Is she from New York? No, she was from Canada, I think. She's from Montreal. Oh, wow, that's bold for a Canadian. And then I, and then I just, and then we just started making out and then we did sex and then I didn't. Did s- sex. That's probably why you weren't doing that. And then she, things. she came over many times for the last few weeks of college and we did sex and she left. <laughs> then I went back to New York and she came to New York and she's like, can we have sex? And can I was like, Can we do sex yes. in New York? So she comes over, right? to this airbnb where i'm staying and she's looking at the walls and she's like how do you know these people and i'm like i don't it's an airbnb she's like these are these are my brother's best friends what she's like my brother's a rabbi in montreal and like this is their this is his best friends like their place she's like i know these people really well and she's like the reason that you're staying in their place right now is because they're visiting my brother in montreal seeing his baby for the first time Holy shit. And I was like, whoa, crazy. Let's fuck in their apartment. Let's fuck in their house. And we fucked in their bed on this like really nice purple sheets and these nice purple sheets. Like, like they were like silk purple sheets. Like Jewish people's sheets. And she <laughs> fucking gets her white cummy vagina all over these oh, purple sheets. no. I got I hate, so I'm mad. I'm only saying oh no pretty much because of how you said it. I got so mad. You were like, fuck you. Did you say something no, to her about I, it? No, I was already mad at you her for a different reason. You didn't say something to her about it, did no, you? No, I never talked to her again after this. You were already mad at her? For a different reason. They had this cat, right? And she was all drunk. And she I, killed I had this, their cat? I had this guy I was staying with in the apartment, and she was just just torturing this cat to the point that it like got hostile with the guy, and it scratched him. Ooh, so he got mad. Lashed and out at him and then for I was like, torturing I was like, okay, I brought this girl over, and now it's my problem. I was like, oh, you're embarrassing me, all this stuff. So I was like, whatever. I you were was, just irritated with I was already her. irritated. And then we did sex, because I felt bad. I felt like I had to. I felt, I felt like she... I, well, that's weird. why she was there. That's why all of you were there. Well, there's the thing is like we went, we went. Out, this is the first time I met Aaron Berg too. I don't know if you know who Aaron Berg is, no. and he was like really nice to me that night. But then after he was really rude. But anyway, so he he we're all hanging out with Aaron Berg. She's getting drunk. She thought he thought that she was really annoying. I thought she was being really annoying. Aaron Berg was trying to give me advice about comedy, and she's like being annoying. Yeah. So I was like, whatever. This girl's annoying, but I'm but she's here. She she's gonna come over. She's putting in all this effort. She wants to have sex. I would like to have sex too. I'm just gonna have sex with her. I will deal with it. I will deal. With I will it. deal with all of this. Dealt with all of it. We did the sex. Then she got the white jizzy stuff all over the discharge, all over the fucking. All right. I don't like how you're saying it. Okay. All right. I don't <laughs> care if you like it or not. I hated that it happened. So I told her I was like, okay, whatever. I'll see you later. Right. Didn't see her later. I saw her one more time at Just for Laughs like a year later, and I fucking. 
didn't talk to her? No, I think I gave her a hug. I said, how are you? I said, what's up? And then I just didn't talk to her. Did you wash the bedding? Yeah, I took it to my aunt's house. They didn't have a washer and dryer? No. New York City, baby. You think people have washer dryers? I don't have a washer dryer. They didn't even have fucking air conditioning, dude. It was At all? They had one air conditioner on the bottom floor. It was brutal. Actually, no, they did have one upstairs, too. It was just brutal. It was a brutal, brutal hot summer. It was the top floor of this building. It was like they lived in this, like, the top floor slash attic of this building. That's horrible. It was horrible. It was fucking horrible. But it was it was kind of cool. You know, I got to live in New York City and stuff. For us. It was my first three weeks living in New York City, you know. And and then after that, I bought the RV and went on the RV trip because I was like, I hate New York City. I hate, yeah. I don't feel like I would like New York at all. I've never thought I would like it there. Yeah. I feel like everybody would piss me off to the point of like I would fight somebody. I would, this is probably what I would do. I would be like, there's so many open mics and so many clubs. I'm going to fight you here. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> like, do, people do fight at the open mics, though. They get in a lot of fights at the open mics. There are there's, a lot of fights. There's a lot, dude. The, in the New York City comedy community, there are so many fights right now. Like physical fights. Yeah, I'm physical like fights. No, yeah, for sure. Lots of physical fights. There's a lot of like weird other fights, too, though. So right now, this, this girl who runs the creek in the cave, she's like... She's got a lot of drama going on because because of the Milianopolis, but yeah. also because of Just for Laughs. Apparently, like they're not going to allow her to like push content forward anymore for the auditions. What do you mean? Like she had been pushing people to through the audition process, like because of her relationship her with clout, the festival. Her and stuff. The festival. She was like, "Yeah, if you're in with me, I'll get you in." And she would get people auditions. Right? Well, that's not good, right? Well, I mean, it well, should getting be them auditions. It should be good, right? If getting you, them auditions. Yeah, and then you yeah. should be able to come through with the audition and be good and yeah. whatever. But apparently, she's not been doing a good job with talent or something. Someone was saying, getting I mean, good people for you know, her I don't, I know nothing about any of this. She never did anything for me when I was in New York. She, she one time she had my back during the Trump thing. She, she did post a tweet that I asked her to post, or she posted on Facebook. She posted the thing like, you know, about the story. About how like you know a comedian is being attacked right now and it's not fair. Yeah. So she had my back a little bit in that situation and, and she's definitely not the devil. You know what I mean? She's been nice to me and stuff. Um, and she hooked me up with a show one time and she was definitely like really slow on getting back to me about it. She didn't get back to me about it until like the week of, even though I asked about it, like two months before. Whatever. Well, just just so people know that Milo uh, Yiannopoulos is that how you say it? Yeah, that's not. Well, has nothing to do with her. That's right, the crazy. The thing. whole thing is that people might not know that he is about to be a guest on Legion of Skanks. Or maybe he was already. No, no, no. He was going to be. I don't think they've done it yet. And it's going to be this weekend. And it's at a different venue this, now. Well, the whole thing was that they always do the live Legion of Skanks in at, the basement of the Creek in the at Cave. The Creek and Cave. Right. And so they just have the show there, and then they book their guest. Yeah. So like when they booked Milo who is like a super people call him an alright guy but he's like he's a homosexual like trigger guy like he's right. a he's himself homosexual but he says all this crazy racist trigger uh, even homophobic well they shit. have a like, lot of different people on the podcast you know they had me on the podcast after the Trump tweets you know, they, they, they had you on yeah oh, I mean, and, and they helped out. defend me a little bit you know they're nice guys but they, they, they uh, don't they don't take a serious stance is what people need to realize but that guy's been completely deplatformed Milo and then yeah. they're gonna have him on their podcast which is on iTunes which is on Spotify well, so people are saying that they're giving him a platform giving right? him a platform well, speak, so they, they're protesting you, the video they're talking to this talent manager people need to realize that they don't take anything seriously like they're not gonna they're not giving him a platform they're literally just gonna clown on him for a they're not gonna cl- the thing is the guy is funny sometimes well and if it, he says funny things they're gonna it's laugh not even I mean, he's natu- it's not even like he's funny like a comedian even when he's not being funny like that the things he says and, and does they're so ridiculous that it's funny like he knows how to be ridiculous and they would like 
they would uh, get him to say crazy shit. They'll ask him crazy questions and, and play all that. But that's their right as a podcast. If they want yeah, to honestly, I don't think that's that big of a deal. I, I hope they make fun of him and stuff. But I mean, who cares? Honestly, I, it's, that that to me is not a big deal. Well, it's people, not fucking 60 minutes. Dude. People that's are like fucking boycotting the venue and stuff. Protest- and I can't believe Protesting I mean, online. I mean, it's just it's the same thing with people in this city contacting a local booker about another comedian at their venue. I mean, it's insane. Well, that, that didn't think really that that, happen in Nashville. That it, it barely did. happened. Well, I mean, but it happened. Well, the Creek Cave thing is of much, much... It's like astronomically more significant right. as far as the outrage. Yeah. Like the Louis C.K. thing in Nashville got like really no public outrage really right this is getting Almost a, well this is because so many comedians are involved with the creek right and have been pushed forward by her and got their first late night spots because of her she's friends with so many comedians so for people to turn their back on her all these big comics were like now guys she's not bad like I don't know you're bad like you're probably bad and that's probably why she hasn't helped you that's well, what I'm they're sure saying they <laughs> try to be like New York is like a very progressive scene and everybody's like how dare you and this I don't even think I they hate know that, how to I, I do that. too well these people I think they don't even have opinions of their own it's like the opposite of intellectualism as they think like they think it's like they're being smart and they're on the side of being humanitarian and, and being on the side of others but really they haven't even gone to the trouble to form their own opinion they're like somebody else who I, for some reason, have put on a pedestal has told me that this person is bad and that they're right. You like, you might not even have seen anything with Milo in it, did I ever? You know, you might not even. He's like a Hitler to you. He's well, like some well, right. Hitler I mean, but if, if you like hate him so much too, why don't you just go and boo him? Yeah, or just go and boo. Him. Not or not go and not buy and tickets. not care and yeah. not go and not care. Oh, these are buy tickets. View. I don't think you buy tickets. Well. Well, I'm just saying, you don't buy tickets to this. It's free. So. Legion of Skanks I'm podcast, sure, yeah. you don't buy tickets for? I'm pretty sure they just do it. When I was it's in New York. It's a free show? When I was in New York, they would just do it in the Creek basement before the open mic. Well, it's a popular show, so it might not even be in the basement anymore. It's probably in the main no, venue. No, I'm pretty sure it's cave. in the basement. It's still? Probably. I mean, it's a big podcast. They, they used do to that do it, Skank Fest. They used to do huge. it in the recording studio, then they moved it into the... Well, because like, they like doing it live, right? I mean, it's not. Listen, like with the audience. they're not bad people. Lewis is not a bad person. Lewis well, is Lewis definitely is crazy. Lewis is crazy, and well, have he's you seen that shit that they did with uh, Kurt? Was it Kurt Metzger and Lewis? And well, they what's got been going on argument. with that? Yeah, I well, didn't understand what happened. Kurt Metzger was on Legion of Skanks, and Kurt Metzger said something about Lewis J. Gomez. I don't know exactly what happened. Yeah, I don't know what happened. But they. So Lewis is on one side of the table, and then it's Dave and Big J, and then uh, Kurt, Kurt yeah. and then there might even be another guy on the yeah, far yeah, side, yeah. and they're talking, whatever. Did they get so, up and almost and they fight? get into a conversation, and Kurt is just not like he has high energy. He's so when Lewis is like arguing, Lewis is pissed, and he might even be drunk. He's yelling about him like being a pussy, and I think that he just talked some shit about him. Lewis had this interpretive thing that he talked shit or did something, yeah. and Lewis they both Lewis stands up and threw his drink. And Big J, if you watch, I've seen it in slow motion. When he goes to throw the drink, Big J's hand like catches it right as it goes. Lewis is right in his face. He, Big J blocks it right as it comes out of his hand, and the plastic cup and drink just explodes, and shit goes everywhere. So it looks crazy. And then Lewis is like trying to dive and fight Kurt Metzger on the. It's all on video. Like you can watch it all online. Yeah, Lewis is a crazy person. I, well, he, I gets, you know, he gets crazy. He gets. I don't know. He, he's honestly a nice guy. I've gotten it. He he apologized to me for a thing that he did, and then he got mad that he apologized. Like if that tells then you. He got, and he was like, fuck yeah, me. he was like, fuck, he was like, fuck this. I'm not apologizing for shit. I mean, he got, if that tells you what type of person he is, you know. And, and we don't talk anymore because of that situation. You know, his whole thing is like he he feels doesn't feel bad for anyone. He thinks he's a big tough guy. Everyone needs to be tough. 
tough. Everyone has to be just as tough as him. Everyone should be able to deal with death threats. You know, he and so he wasn't even well, talking about like me. A fucking, he's like a half psychopath. Well, he is. He's a complete he's like a psychopath. Half normal, half psycho. You know, which is like makes for a decent comedian. And, right, I mean, and people, people say he, people say he's a bad father and stuff. And like, I don't know if he's a bad well, father. I don't know. Any, that's that's a I little am, bit too, too much. Well, to I, anything listen, happen, I am. I know. I know nothing about that. All I know is that he has gotten death threats, and that he is and his children have gotten his son has gotten death threats as well through him. He said, and he, he claims crazy shit. And he claims that that doesn't matter, and he's not afraid. And I got in this argument with him, being like, listen, if your son's ever getting death threats, like you have a right to protect him, and like if you think it's serious enough that people know where you live and are going to come find you, you should probably move. Because he was saying that I'm a pussy for moving to Nashville and that I should move back to New York City because nothing's going to happen to my comedy This all happened online? Yeah. This was he said to me. You're in a message. pussy for moving. Yeah, this is what he said to me. He said that nothing's gonna happen to my comedy career here in Nashville, and I'm like, dude, more is happening here for me in Nashville than was ever happening for me in New York City, and it's like, yeah, I mean, you were in New York and Montreal for a long time. I mean, and nothing was happening. I get paid more here. I get to do more shows. I get bigger audiences. I get to meet more comics. I meet headliners here that All I never would have met. people are nicer. People Everyone's act. nicer. Even if they're not nice people, they at least act like You think nice I could have sold any of this merch at any of those shows I do in, New, in York? New York? No. No, they're not going to... They're not even going to give you the thought. Yeah, they're, they're spending right too much to live in New York. They're not, yeah, they're not going to spend any... Yeah, the, the cost of living in the South is, is astronomically less. It's great. It's amazing. So that's why I like being here. I'm glad I live here. Anyway, so Lewis is not a bad guy, but, you know, he gets in these crazy arguments about everyone should be tough and all these things. So I, I wish him the best, and I hope that he rips Milo Yiannopoulos a metaphorical asshole with his I'm words. I'm sure they wouldn't. I don't think they would. I think they would make a big joke out of it. I don't think they'll do... Well, I mean, if they disagree with him on a... On, like, if they really disagree with him on a topic, they'll tell him. Probably, but I think it'll be... So, I don't... That's not a... The only guy, Dave... Dave is the only guy that'll probably get in any serious angle. Like, Big J and Lewis, like, they'll probably be, like, just, con- like, poking fun and saying offensive things just uh-huh. to get crazy content. Yeah. And, but, but Dave is, like, the politically... Uh, informed one, the most you know, annoying the one. one, the most annoying one. Yeah, the most. Well, he's annoying fucking. One. He's like real world. Like he's trying to pay attention to real world events in his personal life. So he's kind of like tying shit. He's Big J is the only one that I really find funny. Well, you know, Big Lewis, J is fucking hilarious. Yeah, Big J is hilarious. Lewis, I don't really find that funny. And then Dave, I opened for Dave one time, and I was like, I don't, I don't. What's understand. his last name? Dave Smith. It's I mean, he's political humor. You know, if yeah. you like political humor, you're gonna love it. But I don't really like that. So anyway, that's just my take. I, well, this isn't what our podcast is supposed to be. We're going to end it now because Us? I'm just talking shit about Dave We're Smith. I'm not talking right. shit. I'm not talking shit at all. He's a lanky fuck and he's not funny. <laughs> <laughs> that's what you just said just now. <laughs> Jesus Christ. No, he actually is really funny too. That's the funny thing. He was on Rogan. I, just him on Rogan one time and I thought he was pretty No, funny. I actually really do enjoy him. I was really just kidding about everything I said. Yeah. I, he, I, when I listen to this, he, it's not my, his, his stand-up comedy is not my style, but on podcasts, he's one of my favorites, honestly. Yeah, yeah, I've only, I've never seen him do stand-up, so I don't know what a stand-up is about, yeah. but uh, I just see him on podcasts. The only thing I find annoying about him is when he does his whole libertarian thing and he gets really into a point about being libertarian and whatever and I'm just like okay that's why I don't really believe in anything because that's really annoying like when you're just trying to tell people your beliefs like who gives a shit nobody cares about how you feel that's my that's, hear my, that, new, folks? that's my new life mantra. No one cares how you feel. Nobody cares how you feel. I appreciate you for listening to our podcast. We don't care how you feel, though. I hope you are following us on Twitter and on I Instagram. I am at Mr. McStevie. David is 
at Mr. Underscore McStevie. David is at David Chastine on Twitter and at David Chastine underscore on Instagram. Then you get on Instagram and you follow at Spinoli Controlli. You get part of that glass giveaway. We're doing that next episode. We're announcing the giveaway winners. Which will be Sunday. You're hearing this on fr- on Thursday, maybe. It's soon. It's coming soon. We never get the days right. And then you get on iTunes. You get on SoundCloud. You get on Spotify. You follow us. You subscribe. You rate. You review. Then you get on Patreon. You give us $2 out of your bank account every month so that we can afford to buy one ramen noodles each. Absolutely. And then you spin all the out of control and you have yourself a good night.